0: You thought I was going to do it again, didn't you?
1: I, I I kind of figured you were going to do that.
0: Nope, not tonight.
1: <laughs>
0: so I want Good to even. point something out.
1: Good evening, everybody.
0: Good evening, everybody. <laughs> it is Scott here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir Alberta.
1: Scott, Scott. And I'm I'm not Chris from yes. not, <laughs> not in Mir Alberta.
0: Uh, with my co-host, T- Terry. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And
0: uh, I just I just noticed something, Carrie. What is Earlier that today, I was at the National Citizens Inquiry in Red Deer, Alberta. That's what I was talking about. Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. I was live streaming some of the testimony uh, that was going on there, yeah. and there was quite a few people watching, like usual. On our, you know, well, I mean, it's less than it was before. It's like ten percent of the viewership it used to be during, like, say, the convoy. Yeah. But there's about three hundred or four hundred people 500, something like that Watching viewing Good. during that time, uh, which is about average for our, our shows. And in those live streams, we were presenting evidence or they were presenting evidence about how the government handled the COVID crap over the last three this years.
1: Mishandled, yes.
0: Mishandled. And some of it was pretty damning. Yeah. Look at our viewership now.
1: Can you see it? I can. Give me a second. Fifty-two. There's fifty-two. Yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty low. So, do you think that people just uh, aren't getting the notification from us?
0: Absolutely. So now this is uh, this is a fact. Facebook actually does prioritize live streams, depending on how good of a boy or girl or other you are. <sighs> so if you're speaking against narratives, they will. They they don't ban you, but they drop you down a little bit so that notifications don't go out to people's Facebook pages. Before, when I did a live, uh, or you did a live on the whistle stop, people would get a notification on their phone saying the whistle stop cafe is live. And then people could join in and watch. Now they don't get that. Yeah. Why is that?
1: I don't know. Is it it pre-censorship C11? C18?
0: I'm not sure what it is, but it's frustrating and it's annoying. But we'll get past it. So with that said, folks, if you could please just take a moment to uh, like the live stream, love the live stream, share it to your page, share it to your groups, do whatever you can. uh, Phone your friends on the phone, send them a group email, whatever. Try and get it out there that we're actually doing these shows and invite them to come and watch because there's some pretty interesting interesting things that we'd like to talk about today to do with the NCI and Terry's trip to Las Vegas.
1: There you go. Galen just said stumbled upon this one, uh, fellow. You're correct. So, yeah, they they didn't know. They just happened to be on the whistle stop page, maybe looking at the amazing menu of, of treats.
0: Yeah, we got some pretty good treats there. We had some uh, pretty good specials today. I think it was bison meatloaf tonight. I'm kind of sad I missed it. Mm-hmm. Instead of bison meatloaf, I had two Arby's roast beef sandwiches, which was way too much, and now I feel like I'm in a meat coma.
1: It's not the same. It's definitely not the same.
0: Not the same at all. Yeah. So what'd you do today, Carrie?
1: So, uh, I, I, am actually working on a, a, another, another adventure, I guess is what I'm doing. So I can't really say too much more about that, but, uh, but it's, it's, there's been a couple of busy days and, uh, but more, more specifically, it was, uh, why I was absent f- last week. And it just so happens that, uh, I got a heck of a seat sale. And uh, went down to Vegas. Yes, I actually took a plane down to Vegas last week. Whose plane oh. did you take? Uh, WestJet. I actually took oh. WestJet, yeah.
0: Oh, and, so somebody flew for you,
1: yeah, yeah, and just signed up, bought a ticket, and I just bought a ticket going down because I wasn't sure what the process was of going down, <laughs> not an issue. And then once I was down there, of course, then getting back was really not an issue either although i probably should have bought both tickets at the same time because then i could have taken non-stop directs there and back on the way back i had to go through minneapolis which is not the worst airport in the world but um but yeah i went down to uh hang out with uh one of my musician buddies and saw a few friends down there and even took in a winnipeg jets golden knights game at (laughs) table (laughs)
0: <laughs> so your friend was the one that uh, co-produced that convoy song that awesome convoy song that yep. you guys did yep. right
1: yeah ryan white maloney yeah and he is uh he's awesome i can't say enough good things about him and he'd probably say the same thing about me but that would totally be lying <laughs> well,
0: I, don't, I don't know about that yeah
1: but you know i did want to make some comments about uh going down there so um, Wait, first
0: most oh, important question
1: yes did you win it? You know what? I didn't even gamble this time. And I know Chris is sacri- sacrilegious. You gotta go and at least uh bet on red or uh spin the slots at least once. You know, um no, it was it the only was the way to much- win is not play. Yeah, that's the safest way. Safest way not to lose money is do not play. Um it was a last a very last minute thing, it was almost almost a last second thing because I booked it at noon and my flight left at uh, booked it at noon on Monday. And I flew at three o'clock. So it was more of this, uh, let's just see if I can get on. So I grabbed just a backpack of stuff, went down there. And a buddy of mine, uh, Ryan, uh, was playing at this Shania Twain fundraiser. So, you know, I really wanted to just go down and meet Shania Twain. (laughs) Did you meet her? No, I didn't meet her because she's actually, uh, she's starting her tour. I think her tour actually starts today or tomorrow so yeah. she was in rehearsal so all it was was just uh you know her her picture and whatever came up on the video screen and she uh she said it was uh thanks for supporting the uh, shania's kids foundation and then uh, and then all the musicians uh took you know one at a time and they they did their uh uh their their singing or or dancing or whatever they needed to do in order to get through the show. And that is through, uh, another buddy of mine, his name is Mark Schnook, And, um, and that particular event is called Monday's dark. And I think it's just mondaysdark.com. You can go and check that out. And they do, uh, the idea behind in Vegas is, um, they, they basically have a dark night for a show. And that's basically a night where, uh the show is not performed and then the the you know staff the uh uh people the the crew the cast they get a night off is really what it comes down to and typically mondays are the dark night uh so a lot of the musicians that were there playing of course they're they're busy playing you know seven nights a week really and um they ended up taking the night off and then performing for free and uh getting a little bit of uh uh, recognition um, and you know, basically raising money for charities. and uh, and Mark has been Mark and his wife have been doing this probably, well, I should know this. I think they've been doing it for ten years. Every second or third Monday, they do this for a charity. and it's uh, they're quite quite known down there. So the other thing that Mark does is he is the voice of the how do you how do you want to say it? The games and the entertainment, the introduction. For the uh, the Golden Knights, and uh, and that was the first hockey game, first hockey game I, I think I've been to since COVID. Really, uh, there was really no desire for me to to go down and and you know actually go and watch a game. So to go down to Vegas for my hometown Winnipeg Jets. Oh, you know, I grew up in Winnipeg, and uh, and I've told the story where I moved out here in '96, which was basically the year after w- Winnipeg lost the Jets, and um, immediately became a Flames fan. So don't hate me, Oilers. Um, immediately became a Flames fan, and uh, and then of course when there was the Flames were were knocked out, um, I said, you know what, I'm going to go down, and uh, the tickets were were. Were cheap enough. The uh, the seats were good enough, and um, so I went down there. and uh, And obviously, I talked with Mark on the Monday night, and then the game was on the the, uh, the Tuesday. And even a- in Mark's show, they have a guy named uh, Carnell Johnson, and um, he was an amazing singer. And he's the guy that actually sings the national anthem at all the Golden Knights games too. So I got all to all of them. All of them. So oh, they I got, don't
0: switch it up with somebody who doesn't know the lyrics. No.
1: No. So I uh, I, I I got to hang out with them and I uh, have a couple of uh, couple of these, I think, and uh, and then we went out and uh, hung out with my my buddy. He was playing a show at, until three o'clock that morning. Because that's what they do down there. Like they don't sleep. Nobody sleeps down there. You know, they the they say that they pump oxygen into the casinos. I don't know about that, but it is it's it's the fact that in the casino it's so dark they they don't have windows in the casino and if you haven't been
0: you never know when it's nighttime
1: you never know when it's nighttime right they uh, even walking the shops like in the venetian or at the uh, caesar's palace uh they they pseudo they have this fake uh kind of twilight ish sky blue and uh, it's above the uh the, the buildings uh pseudo buildings there and um and you just never know what time it is. So if you don't know what time it is, you're not going to get tired. That's the philosophy.
0: That's why I never get tired. Cause I don't yeah. know how to tell time. Yeah.
1: Anyway. So one of the things that I wanted to mention is that they have people that are down that live in Vegas more specifically. And even the people that I was sitting beside in, um, uh, watching the jets game, they were from Victoria. Um, and had a pretty good conversation with them as soon as they found out that I was not from Winnipeg, uh, you know, I'm wearing my Winnipeg Jersey. And of course I said, I grew up in Winnipeg, but now I'm living in Alberta. They were really receptive. They wanted to know what was happening in Alberta. So Alberta is one of these places that people do talk about.
0: People are paying attention to Alberta.
1: I think they are. But what I did find is that when you're down there and you're actually talking to the Vegas locals, because I do know uh, many, many locals down there, they have no idea outside the bubble of the U.S. They they don't know what's happening. All they know is that oh yeah, you've got a shitty prime minister. That's about the extent that they know.
0: Yeah, it's like Switzerland talking about Germany, 1930s.
1: Yeah, so it was uh, it it was it was a great trip just to to go out and hang with them and uh, and uh, and and watch the game and um, and then I, of course came back on Thursday it was that. All day driving or flying back through Minneapolis, but uh, now that I've done it once, I'm definitely going again. And I and I will go on a Monday to a Wednesday or. Well, maybe Wednesday.
0: you should give uh, the rest of us a little more notice because there's some of us who probably <laughs> go with you, just staying. You know.
1: Oh, I know, I know. It was it was one of like I said, it really was a last second thing, and I really didn't even think that I'd be able to get down there. So.
0: Well, I'm glad that you got to go, and I'm glad you got to have some fun. Yeah. I also and, recently went on a trip, and,
1: and it was 30 degrees for the worst. Yes, yeah,
0: I'm too Where, old did, you? Where did you go? Where did you go on your trip? I went to Red Deer, Alberta.
1: What happened in Red Deer? That's well, so far away. Uh, like-
0: actually, if you look in our in the background, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna get our rid of our faces for a second. That's beautiful Red Deer. It doesn't look like that right now. It's brown and gray and dusty and gross. Uh, And windy today, but I went on a trip to Red Deer because there was a whole bunch of my friends at the uh, Baymont Hotel, which Um, you might be familiar with, because um, you see that little logo on the top right of the screen, Kerry? The full steam hit? Yeah, we actually hosted a meeting with uh, numerous political parties in the very same room that we were in today at the Baymont Hotel.
1: And that was in March 17th of 2021 when we did that.
0: How do you know these things? I just... Are you actually a woman? Wow. You probably was, remember every bad was, thing you have ever done too, it don't was you?
1: St. Patrick's Day of last year, and right. it was like, What are you doing on St. Patrick's Day? Well, usually I would be out partying, but I guess we can't this year. So Yep.
0: Yep. Well but it was uh, it was a bit of a party there, not like the kind of parties that are fun with karaoke and that sort of thing and uh, whistle stop uh, cheeseburgers.
1: I never I never go to those. Yeah, it was a
0: different kind of party. Um a lot of people that we've become familiar with over the last couple of years who, if not for COVID, we never would have known yeah. who they were, yeah. were there. And it was pretty neat to shake some hands and give some hugs and talk to some folks. And
1: yeah, Well, you know, if you, had, if you had given some notice, uh, probably someone would have gone out there with you.
0: Ah, no, you wouldn't because you have that job, that pesky job that you won't give up.
1: That keeps, uh, yeah, I know. That's yeah. what happens.
0: So anyway, um, that brings up an answer to a question that has come up a few times. So I've been accused of being everything from a UCP shill to controlled opposition to um, being infected with COVID at the moment with a a temperature of 39 degrees um, to, I mean, everything. And recently I saw a comment, someone accusing me of, only seeking attention. And that's why I went to the NCI and that's the farthest from the truth. The reason I don't go to a lot of things right now, or I go to very few things is because I'm, I've run out of resources and I'm literally working at the cafe 70, 80 hours a week. I mean, that's all I can do. I can't, I spent two years uh, running all over the place, going to all sorts of different things. Cause I wanted to speak up and encourage other people to do so. And it was extremely expensive because I had to pay somebody mm-hmm. to be there to do my job. And then I also had to pay my bills. So, I mean, I've just run out of resources, so I can't, I can't go to everything. I'm not independently wealthy and I'm and, not retired. Yeah, uh, I don't have rich benefactors that are just funding everything I do. So I can't go to everything. And I wasn't going to go to the NCI um, because, you know, I hate to admit it, but I've become a little bit jaded in the last couple of years. And I just, I've realized that people aren't interested in facts. They're only interested in, in believing what they want to believe because it's more comfortable for them.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I just didn't see this NCI as having any kind of a, an impact on anything. But then I remembered something. I remembered what it was like when I opened my restaurant against restrictions and protest. Mm-hmm. And I stood alone for a moment, freaked out of my mind, knowing that I was probably going to lose everything. And then I remembered the comfort when other people stood up and came to talk to me about what I was doing and and say that, hey, you're not alone, right? So I remember how important it is for people to know they're not alone. And then I started watching some of the testimony. People were sharing their stories about how they were affected. There's experts sharing their stories about why we shouldn't have, or why the government should have done what they've done. And I thought, you know what, this is, it's worth me giving up my days off to go and participate in this and to help share it out there. So we, we we live streamed a bunch from today. And uh, I think people appreciated being able to see what was going on, especially considering that some of the testimony we saw was, I mean, it was amazing. I had never met uh, Gregory Chan, Dr. Gregory Chan before. But he, I mean that doctor, just like our friend Daniel Nagasi and uh, Dr. Dennis Modry and Dr. Hodkinson and Dr. Hoff and Dr. Gary Davidson, who's also testifying by the way, oh okay they've, they've risked a lot to sound the alarm and do what they're supposed to do as doctors. yeah and listening to this man speak in a completely calm, professional, you know highly intelligent manner about what was what he's seen, it gave me a renewed sense of hope that, you know what, maybe people just haven't heard the facts or they haven't believed them. And if we just get this information out there, yeah. maybe they'll start paying attention. And so it kind of reinvigorated me to become more involved in this stuff, even though it's not going to be easy because uh, I also have, a, a you know, the, the pesky job thing, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. And so, so it, it's live stream, but you can also go there too, can't yeah.
0: you? You can go there. And there's not a lot of seating room, but there is a lot of uh, room in the overflow upstairs. So you watch the stuff on on TV, but then in the breaks, you can come down and, you know, maybe shake someone's hand. Maybe um, you can say hello to Kerry Davidson, who like, you know, treated people under the cover of darkness and saved their lives at a time when his college, the College of Physicians and Surgeons would have. Nailed him to a cross for doing so. Like he saved people's lives, he helped them, yeah. and he lost everything. Well, I mean, I mean, he's. I think he's going to be okay, um, but he certainly lost his credentials and his position at the hospital he was in. Uh, you can shake the hand of uh, Lieutenant Colonel David Redmond. Yeah, you know the the man who basically wrote the emergency response protocol for the province of Alberta, and watched the government throw it out the window to bungle the whole thing and destroy people's lives. Yeah, I mean, he's been speaking out.
1: And I I think I may have said this to you. Um, So I used to do military work. Um, I used to work for a contractor here in Calgary. And um, during that time, David Redmond uh, was one of the guys that we actually had a meeting with. Um, and I am I forget whether or not the meeting was in Calgary or if the meeting was in Ottawa, because I, I spent quite a bit of time out in Ottawa. And um, and it was just, they, they have plans for everything. They have a plan for an alien attack, a super volcano, you name it. Things you would nothing. never think of. No, no. As a matter of fact, so I think the meeting that I was at was pre 9 11, I think is what it was because we had not talked about that. When 9 11 hit, there was something about what to do in case there was, I forget what it was called, but it was like a attack on our, our home soil or whatever it's called. And, and sure enough, it was ground, ground flights and and do a bunch of stuff. So that was in the manual that, uh, that was there. And, um, wow. It's kind of bringing back all these memories, like, uh, so traumatic stress disorder.
0: So, uh, th- that's the thing, you know. Have you ever heard the the phrase "prior preparation prevents poor performance"?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So governments have to plan for these things, no matter how outrageous they are, because while it's an extremely rare likelihood that aliens are going to invade Alberta, um, it may happen. I mean, it may have already happened. Look at how many people are voting orange. Yeah, but. They, they plan for these things and 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 people like uh, uh, Lieutenant colonel David Redmond they're they're responsible for these things yeah and the beautiful part is if if someone like him is involved in the planning somebody who has seen stuff like this man has been involved in some pretty serious military campaigns yeah. he's seen things he knows how to prepare. If you're prepared, you can get through things like this with minimal impact to people's liberties, minimal impact to their their rights and their freedoms. And you can maximize um, their you can maximize their ability to live through it. Mm-hmm. And if we had done these things the way that they had been planned, and this is what he says as well, we would have gotten through this without locking people down, without destroying businesses, without incurring five hundred and eighty-five billion dollars in debt or something stupid. I can't remember what it was, maybe it was fifty-five, but anything over hundred dollars for me is more money than I could dream of anyway. But, you know, that that's what this is all about. Hey, it's not Chris. There's not Chris down there. What's that, Kerry? Yeah, what is
1: it? I, I, I just... Uh, I can't... You're, you're running the show. So I just wanted to point out the uh, National Citizens Inquiry is live. And you can go on. And it's actually just punch in nationalcitizensinquiry.ca. And in there, they... Um, they have a petition. Uh, somebody was saying, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find it later, but somebody somebody had said, uh, why isn't the mainstream media uh, broadcasting this? Well, there is actually a note in here somewhere that, unfortunately, um, they did uh, the inquiry live on YouTube. And even with that, they got banned from showing it on YouTube. So I think the only thing that's on right now is uh, Rumble. And then I and have... Was- and I had and a that link. was
0: uh, that was talked about
1: today as well. Yeah, and I had a link uh, that I attempted to try today. So my apologies for those people that did log log in. Chris uh, Chris called me and uh, as he was on his way to, I'm gonna totally throw you under the bus on this. <laughs> Chris called me and said, uh, "Do you think you could possibly post this up on?" Uh, um, uh, on on the internet, and I said, uh, yeah, I could probably attempt to do that in the ten minutes that I had. And sure enough, I tried, and then the, I was using a different link. I should have just used the uh, the Rumble link. Doesn't matter, but there was no audio, so I then cut it down because I was frustrated on on how this whole internet's thing works. But it can be, frustrating. Um, it can be very frustrating. Um, so I'm just but, pointing
0: out here that the CBC actually yes. did publish an article. Okay. about the NCI in Winnipeg yeah. that appears to be fairly uh, balanced. So, wow. you know what? Kudos wow. to, let's see, who did it? Who did it? Josh Crab. Kudos to Josh Crab of the CBC for actually yeah. uh, having the balls to report on something as significant as this and important as yeah. this.
1: He, he so was like, he watching, was like go yesterday. I'm maybe kidding. send him a message and just to say I'm thank totally you. Yeah. No, he's still working there. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But uh, so and again, it comes down to they're they're doing these things that I think they started in Halifax or in Newfoundland. And it's, it's slowly making its way across. And, uh, you know, they do these things for three days and they have uh, all the all the uh, the people uh, um, testimony. If you go. Oh, yeah. You, you shut me down here so you can't see. Oh, sorry. I'll put it back up. It's, yeah. I was just going to say, if you go to the hearings and you go into the testimony and uh, they they come up with a schedule, you know, uh, what was going on. Here's the full hearing in Saskatoon and and etc. etc. Et um, Lots of great information, except it's in real time. Like it is a full day's worth of stuff. So you basically need a full day in order to listen to that for a full day.
0: So best to just, you know, just watch it on the Whistle Stop Cafe Facebook page.
1: Yeah, you you may as well do that. And likewise, I'm going to see if uh, NCI did give me permission to restream their stream. I'm going to see whether or not I can post them on our uh, as our podcast, because if you can do that, then you can actually listen to it at one and a half or two times speed. Which makes things a little bit easier, and I, and I I'm actually kind of pretty adept to. Uh, to when, once you listen to a few of them, you can easily listen to something at one and a half or two or two times speed, mm-hmm. and and still get everything. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like. Uh, and if you know anything about music and pitch changes and all that, it doesn't sound like the uh, the chipmunks. The chipmunks are, are speaking. No, they're they're in the same octave as as everything else that we're we're talking. It's just it's sped up. And, uh, and, and it's, I find it's a great way to do that. Now, however, saying that we really are a species that have now adapted to short, short attention spans on everything. And this is the same sort of thing that Chris and I have talked about is even going through one of these lives, we're at 27 minutes already. We've, we've got maybe a minute and a half of really good quality content, (laughs) if that, (laughs) but this would be good to go through, and 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 you know, there, there's probably if you're on there for say a half an hour, and, and you get someone that's uh, that's speaking for half an hour, you might have half an hour really good content that you want to keep, but there might be some just little snippets where you could snap it, and uh, and cut it up and TikTok it if you had to, three minute chunks. I think that's the the uh, the attention span of most people. That would be oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that would be that I should share that. That's the type of thing that we need in order to, uh, dare I say, win this uh, win this war of uh, inf- of information. We really yes. need to so get that done.
0: With that said, yeah, let's have a uh, let's refresh ourselves. Mm. I'm gonna enjoy the. the I got I got a
1: PBR. Kerry
0: is due for his uh, hourly Paps beer.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And let's get into the meat and potatoes. And what went on today at the NCI, as best as I can remember. Good. You ready? Yes. Do you remember a fellow by the name of Danny Bulford? Yes. Yes. One of the most amazing men on the planet. Uh, he is actually one of my heroes for what he's done, not just because he dedicated his life to service of everyone around him, but because he stood up and he had big enough balls to do what he knew was right. And that was something that was mentioned today was all we have to do to win this is start speaking the truth. Yeah. Do it calmly, do it rationally, and without, uh, apologi- without apologizing for it. Yeah. And when we do that, it was Tucker Carlson that said this today. It wasn't in the NCI. I, re- I watched Tucker Carlson say this. He said, when we do that, when we stand up and speak the truth, and we do it calmly, and we do it respectfully, and without apologizing, those who are lying become weaker, and we become stronger, because... Those things that are true will always prevail. That's the way it is. Yeah. And while we're flailing, fighting each other for the stupid 10% that we disagree on, the truth is still there and eventually it's going to come out. So that's one of the concepts um, that I heard today from Danny Bulford. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, Tucker Carlson kind of reiterated it in, on his Twitter page. By the way, pretty cool. Tucker Carlson fired for Fox News. Uh, now apparently going to be uh, the editor in chief or something like that for uh, OAM. So let's see. Oh, I'm okay.
1: Yeah, I know there was there was a few things they were they were talking about where he would end up uh, landing on his feet. Much he later. will, of
0: course, he will land on his feet. He's Tucker frigging Carlson. I know. he's always going to land. On.
1: He's like the
0: three-legged Norman. Over, I was just going to say there. That. Where is he Norman? Lands on his foot. <laughs> anyway, back to the meat and potatoes. Danny yeah. Bulford was testifying as to he he was looking at this and giving a perspective. Of a cop, you know, if you're a cop and you're looking at this from the outside in and you believe in finding a a good quantity of high quality evidence and then making a decision to act based on that, what he saw and what he continues to see over this pandemic was not what the police are supposed to be doing. As a matter of fact, he said that um, it really came down to the police if the police had done their duty and enforced law. Real law while respecting people's rights, mm-hmm. this never would have happened. The government wouldn't be allowed. And he said something that I've been saying for for a couple of years now. And actually, we spoke about this when we met him in Ottawa. And that is in Canada, who do we call if our rights and freedoms are being threatened?
1: Ghostbusters.
0: They would probably do a better job, Carrie. <laughs> no, we call the police, right? That's right. Well, the police are busy doing the government's tyrannical bidding, who do we call? We have nobody. No. We have ourselves. We have our voices. We have things like civil disobedience and the right to protest. That's right. Which in my case got me thrown in jail. So really, he's actually considering not coming back to Canada. He's considering finding a new home for him and his family because he looks at what's going on in Canada and he realizes that that if the people don't have a mechanism to have their rights and freedoms protected, they don't have those rights and freedoms. Mm-hmm. The prime minister recently—I'm sure you saw this—he went, and he did his gaslighting bullshit like he usually does, and uh, you know he said something about it's his job to keep people safe and it's his job to keep people alive. No, it's not. Yeah. It's his job to uphold the constitution. That's the government's job in this country and in this province. Their job is to uphold the Constitution and make sure that our rights are intact. It is not their job to keep us safe. It is not their job to keep us alive. That's our job. The government's job is to give us the tools, education, and resources we need to keep ourselves alive. But we're being manipulated and changed into a society that believes that we need the government to keep us alive. And -hmm. it's bullshit. And Danny pointed that out today. And, awesome. and I was really impressed. I, 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 didn't, I didn't show up until he was halfway through his testimony, because I'm always late. But I was really impressed with this man in how he can so plainly lay out the facts yeah. as a police officer looking at what's going on around him. Yeah. And one of the final questions, Kerry, was, was the RCMP, the federal RCMP, negligent in their duty, of which that's, that's a, a, that's, it's a criminal offense, yeah. And Danny said, in his opinion, it appears that they have been. Yeah. And he's not the only one that thinks that. So that was a it yeah. was a very emotional and very uh a roller coaster of a testimony for me because a lot of the things he was saying, he was saying were things that I've been feeling and I have felt and I've experienced.
1: Yeah. So that I know was a uh, Danny was on a uh, an app webinar that we did too, and we were talking about you know how we would how we would basically form our own police force in Alberta and whether or not that was a good idea and you know that whole process, and and I think when we first met Danny during the convoy, he uh, I wouldn't say he was a shy guy, but he certainly was not used to being in uh, the spotlight, no. and and it's amazing how that you know, over the course of a year where he's talked many, multiple, multiple times in front of an audience and he refines his message. And he, now, especially for something like that, you really need to focus on what's the message that you want to get out, especially during this inquiry.
0: Yep.
1: And and obviously he left a lasting impression on you. So I think we'll, uh, we'll all have to look back and see what the uh, Red Deer Inquiry went through today.
0: Yep, absolutely. So um, another witness that testified today was named Dr. Gregory Chan. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have uh, Dr. Chan on our Chris and Carrie show in the near future to talk about some of this stuff. Yeah. So Dr. Chan, uh, this is as best I can remember, because honestly, today was the first day that I I knew who this man was. Yeah. <clears throat> Dr. from Pinocchio. Actually, it's not the first day. When I, when I looked up Daniel Nagese, um, Dr. Chan's name came up as another doctor that was speaking out against what's going on. But it it, it came about that he um, was basically muzzled by the college and said, hey, you you can't talk about this stuff, you gotta stop, whatever. And he was quiet for a while, but he's back. Yeah. So his testimony was about his experiences as, as a doctor, as a physician. And the first part of it was um, his, uh, his doing his duty by reporting adverse event events and effects of the COVID-19 injection
1: yeah.
0: as was required by AHS. He actually showed a slide today and I, I got a little picture of it on the live stream. Uh, and the top line of it said something to the effect of um, it is like, it's required. It's, it's your, your duty to report adverse event events to this uh, Alberta adverse event reporting system, whatever okay. it's called.
1: So AHS had that in there? In the,
0: so it was an AHS memo. Okay. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Wow. So yeah. as a physician um, who has gone through medical school and been vetted by the college and, you know, he, he he's a smart guy, knows his job. He's a scientist. He had experiences with patients, 50 some odd of them, that had adverse reactions to the COVID-19 injection. And so he tried to report these things, but it was almost impossible because the, the, the reporting mechanism uh, took, well, basically forever. It's like 45 minutes to an hour to fill out the forms to report an adverse event of which the doctor doesn't get paid. So it requires an investment from the doctor um, with no remuneration for it. To the point where doctors just aren't going to do it because it's not worth their time. But he did it. He did do this because he cares about his patients. And his experience was that even though his clinical diagnosis and his clinical opinion for his patients, which he had the relationship with, was, hey, these guys had an adverse reaction. They they shouldn't be taking this medical intervention again because the costs outweigh the, the benefits. Yeah the uh, organization that handled these calls or, or, or reports or whatever came back and said um, no, we don't agree uh, they should just get their next shot. Now these are people that have no, never seen these patients. They have no idea, you know, the, the personal history really and yeah, exactly. the doctor and they're making decisions based, they're, they're making decisions for these people without ever having seen them and this was a problem. So if you go back and you watch that live stream, I, I really encourage you to. It was the second one that I did this morning. Okay. Just just watch what he has to say. It's absolutely mind-blowing the way this was handled. And this guy wasn't... He's not an anti-vaxxer. He's not an anti-masker. He's not an anti-any of those things. No. He's a doctor who was doing doctor things, like proper doctor things, and getting stonewalled. <clears throat> he also happened to be the doctor who was treating uh, a young man named... Nathan, I believe, okay. you may remember him as the uh, Alberta's first youth who was killed by COVID. Do you remember that? The young they, man who yeah, yeah. had a um, terrible, horrible brain tumor that was oh yes, well yeah. yeah, It was actually like outside yeah. his head.
1: Yeah, and Dina and Hinshaw,
0: Hinshaw right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, told Alberta that COVID nineteen took this young man's life and used that as leverage to convince people to inject their children with a a medical intervention that was causing harm, shown to be causing harm, and unable to be reported on. Same doctor. So you can understand why he went from silence, hey, you know, you can't talk about these things, to wait a minute, I just watched the CMOH report my patient's death as a COVID death when it was terminal brain cancer? So this is all under oath. This is all, this, this doctor testified about these things under oath. Yeah. He also testified um, about some of the things that he's seen uh, regarding adverse events. One of them was a stillbirth. And you, you remember our friend Daniel has been talking about stillbirths yeah. for, for yeah. Coastal Island Health yeah. uh, for a couple of years. Yeah. And basically being nailed to a cross about it. Um, they're saying, oh, it doesn't happen. It can't happen. It never happens. Well, it it does happen potentially. So this doctor, Dr. Gregory Chan, had a patient who had several successful births, no problems, fine pregnancy, got two shots, lost the baby. Wow. Stillbirth. Horrible. Absolutely horrible thing for any family to go through. Now, this happened twice to the same lady.
1: Wow. Who
0: had, I think, four or five successful births before this. Anyway, so in the course of this, because it was a stillbirth, the doctor, of course, being a doctor, wants to find out what happened we want to prevent this from happening again or potentially help other people. Yeah. So what does he do? He says, okay, well, you know, this mother, this expectant mother took these shots and then she lost a baby. Could it be a result of these shots? We need to find out. We need to know. If it isn't great, let's find out the problem. If it is, we need to report it so that we can make sure it doesn't happen again. So he tried to send the placenta for testing to get it tested for the spike protein. Well, guess what? They don't have that test in Alberta. Nine months after the shots were rolled out, Alberta Health Services has no mechanism to test failed organs. Like protein to eliminate the vaccine as the cause of that problem. That is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Is that what
1: Dr. Chan was testifying, saying all this?
0: Yeah. Yep. There's a lab in the States that does the testing. So in talking with the family, they agreed to pay out of pocket to send the sample to the States and have it tested for the spike protein. It got down to the States, they tested it for the wrong thing. I can't remember what he said, but it was a different protein that had nothing to do with the spike protein. It was something to do with COVID, basically testing the placenta for COVID. Anyway, they're still working on this. Like a year and a half later, they're trying to find out did this cause this stillbirth? And that is an important question. It doesn't yeah. matter what side of the, the, uh, the, the thing you're on. Yeah. If you believe that everything is perfectly safe, you should have no problem getting that test done so yeah. that you can rule it out and focus on what the problem is. What's the first step to fixing a problem? Yeah. Find out what the problem is. We have people getting myocarditis. We have people having strokes, heart attacks. It is not stroke season. People aren't having heart attacks because they're scared of the unvaccinated. <laughs> they're not change. having stillbirths because they're so stressed out about the unvaccinated around them. That's all bullshit. Yeah. There is truth out there that's not going to change no matter how much those that want the truth to change uh, try. Yeah. And it's going to yeah. come out. It's going want- to. And men like Dr. Gregory Chan are going to be the ones who are leaders in this and save lives.
1: I wonder if stillbirths are actually being recorded as unknown.
0: They, they, that, you know what? I, I would can't comment. I don't here. know. Yeah. But some of the numbers and the statistics that he showed today, and some of the ways that Alberta Health Services seem to be blocking proper investigation to make yeah. sure to, for people's health, yeah. was mind blowing. Now I knew this stuff was happening. We knew this was, stuff was happening. We've heard little tidbits about it for a couple of years, three. Doctor
1: Maccus reporting on that, yeah.
0: Doctor Maccus, yes, uh, among countless others. Now, I mean, and there's even, probably 12 doctors just we could name off the top of our head that yeah, are yeah. yelling from the rooftops, like, and "Hey, even, we need to figure out what's going yeah. on here." In right? the
1: UK, uh, I followed Doctor John Campbell, and I'm pretty sure. Oh, I love John Campbell, and uh, and he's been reporting on this, and he he has to kind of tread very softly when he's talking about this because he's got such a large YouTube following that he actually cannot jeopardize that. So when he does it, he's very, he does it in a very smart way of doing it. He says, I'm just using government data and all I'm doing is re- just reporting. But at the end of the conversation, you have to say it's, they got to look into this. They got to look into whether or not. it's Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the key if if everything is fine like the other side is saying yeah there should be no problem confirming yeah.
1: that. why not
0: yeah and even more than that there should be a a vicious desire to find out what the actual problem is because unexplained deaths being the most widely reported death in a, in a province is not normal yeah children getting myocarditis and having heart attacks and strokes is not normal. I don't care if it's the shots or fluoride or 5G find out or what it is. Yeah, you're right. bacteria. We need to know what it is so we can fix it. Yeah. That, at the very least, should be the one thing that unifies everybody yeah. no matter what side of this conversation you're on. Yeah. Let's find the truth. Yeah. Anybody that doesn't want to find the truth, actually, if you got in a room with a thousand people from both sides of this conversation and you said to everybody in the room, do you believe in in being truthful and finding the truth? Almost every, probably every one of them would say yes. <coughs> Nobody I mean, would say no to that. Yeah, That's the unifying thing here. Yeah. It's not whether you believe in um, the jab or you believe it was a pandemic or you believe they're spraying us or you believe the earth is flat. Yeah. None of those things are anything to unify around the one thing we should be able to unify around is our desire to know the truth, no matter if it hurts our ego or not. Yeah. And that's what this NCI is about. Yeah. It's about people speaking the truth and not being scared of the consequences so that those around them can be encouraged to do the same thing. So Carrie, I, I didn't go to this, uh, this thing to get attention I didn't go to it because I, I feel like interviewing people because that's not me. I'm extremely uncomfortable doing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I went to this because we need the truth. Yeah. We need to find out the truth and the government's not doing it. In this case, it's the people doing it, which I guess is what we should be doing anyway, because we shouldn't be counting on the government to do it for us. Yeah. So that was uh, my kind of snapshot of Dr. Gregory Chan. Um, did you catch any of that live? You're probably busy. You had your head going. I, I, I was busy
1: and I would I would watch like two minutes pop in just to see what was going on. And then and then I knew we would be backing these things up and putting them on Rumble and BitChute and whatever. So I will definitely go back and uh, and watch that stuff. But I will, like I said, I will reach out to the NCI and see whether or not we uh, we have uh, the ability or the, if they give us permission to post it. And, and even go back and, 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 and snip some stuff. So I was just looking at the uh, the page you can show that again there Chris um, when you when you go under hearings and there are testimony clips so with the clips um, you will be able to isolate you know certain people that are, that are uh, speaking now of course I picked Saskatoon hopefully there's there's some stuff there uh, and maybe not. Let's try Winnipeg. Oh, there we go. Saskatoon. So here we've got the actual uh, uh testimony of of the people that were speaking. So again, just a, a finer way of um of chunking this up so that people could uh could look at this, you know. And and like I said, the way I tend to digest. That
0: these, oh, that's Steve Kirsch.
1: Yeah the way I, I tend to digest these things is, um, uh, I'm on, I'm on the road all the time. So I usually load these up and just let them play. And I just listen to the audio because most of the stuff is, uh, is talking head stuff. You don't need to see, you know, what's actually going on. And so if, if anybody can do that, listen to them on the, um, well, there's late and great. Uh, if you can listen to it, uh, by all means, that's again, uh, talking points. Listen to what they're doing uh, and um, and and see if you can walk away with something that maybe you can have a conversation with somebody else about.
0: You know yeah. who else is uh, reporting on the NCI and Red Deer? Uh, our friend Sheila gunn Reid with Rebel, Rebel with News. Her? Oh, awesome. Uh, I had the privilege of sitting right beside her today. Nice. And uh, I was, you know, I watched as she was Madly typing on her keyboard, live tweeting, uh, as she does in these types of things. So if you want to find out uh, what, what Sheila's insight is into some of this stuff, just head over to her Twitter feed or Rebel News and you can check it out there. And I'm sure she'll be back tomorrow. As a matter oh, yeah. of fact, um I'm trying to rope her up and get her into the Whistle Stop for another hamburger because, you know, it's been a couple months since she's had <laughs> one there. So maybe she'll be there. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So you're there tomorrow and then you're right there, there tomorrow. Tomorrow, Yeah.
0: And then I testify Friday at 915. So yes, I am testifying against the advice of my lawyer uh, at the NCI. And the reason he's advising me not to testify is because um, there's really no benefit to me at all in testifying at this NCI. The only reason I'm doing it is because um, I have a story to share and I want it to be part of this record. It doesn't help me in my court stuff. As a matter of fact, it's probably gonna be detrimental because anything I say under oath at this national citizens inquiry can and will be used against me in court because you might not believe this. I don't care if you do, but uh, the, the CP and AHS, their lawyers actually watch our stuff. So hi, AHS. Yeah. yeah right. We're going to hold you accountable because what you've done is absolutely horrendous. Yeah. So yeah. you, I mean, you may as well stand up now and save some lives, but you're not going to, because you're a bunch of spineless wimps. Anyway. Um, some of the things that I say, they may be able to use against me. And I don't know. I don't know what to say about that.
1: Well, if that's the case, you gonna, are you going to actually be as open as you possibly could be? Or do you think you'll end up having to kind of pull the reins a bit? Because well, I mean, the whole so, point of this this inquiry is to, is to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth.
0: Yeah. And to, so I don't want to talk about my stuff per se. I no. want to talk about and share some of the stories that have been shared yes, with me. That's true. Because that's more what this is about than yeah. my stuff. I mean, my, my situation is my situation. And I, I I knew that it was going to be like this. And it is what it is. Yeah. But what I've learned and the things I've seen and, and the people that I've talked to over the last couple of years, that's become more important than that. And I want to share some of that. So I'm sure I'm going to get asked some stuff about my situation. And I have yeah. to tread very lightly there. But uh, I'm going to try and focus on other things more than more than that.
1: That's awesome. So that's Friday morning at
0: 9:15, and Friday you're there
1: for 25 minutes. So if you if you can, you can watch that live. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to be I'm going to be at the uh, the Baymont uh, there with Chris, hopefully in the same room. But I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and, you'll be in the same room. And then uh, and and even just try and live stream it for us as well. And um, and you know. That's all we can do is just talk about what's, what's been going on. Uh, It's so therapeutic to be, to be talking about this and and sharing stories. And uh, I mean, like even just talking about the convoy um, and, and how all that uh, affected everybody in, in Canada. Um, It's, it's, it's uplifting when you actually hear the stories that way. So hopefully I wouldn't say these stories will be uplifting, but they'll definitely be truthful and so that people yeah. will, will recognize that, you know, these are the problems. How do we rectify them? And how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again?
0: And how about how about something like this? Um, you know, people say, well, you know, you if you're not getting vaccinated and you're not wearing a mask, you're putting me at risk.
1: Yeah. yeah I heard right. a
0: lady today testify under oath about how. She lost three out of four of her parents. So, of course, husband, step parents and, and biological parents. Yeah. Unable to travel to be with them on their deathbed. Unable to go to a funeral. Yeah. You know, business basically shut down for two years. Extreme personal and family loss because of all this. Yeah. And for no reason. Like running an, uh, 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 what do you call it? An, an outfitter's uh, camp in the Northwest Territories where it was just them and their family and one guest at a time and they couldn't fly. They couldn't do these things. Like the, the cost of what the government did is
1: absolutely
0: mind blowing. I
1: don't even know if you could actually put a dollar value on it.
0: You can't because there is no remedy. No. All those people that had to say goodbye to their, their loved ones with an iPad, there's no remedy for that. There's no rewinding time. There's no amount of money that's going to make that go away or change that memory. They took something from people that they can never get back. Yeah. And, and that's part of the truth that has to come out here. So that brings me to one of the next uh, witnesses. And, oh, my goodness. I should have wrote it down. I can't help uh, it. What was his name? I wrote it in the comments. Did you? He was a uh, manager for Suncor, actually for like 20 or 30 years or something like that and he was speaking about you know risk analysis and risk mitigation and the 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 crux of it was COVID presented a risk to people mm-hmm. and the mitigation for any risk should be determined by the severity of the risk. For example if it's a if it's rarely going to occur and it's a very minor um, consequence yeah. you don't need to do anything for it because it, it's it's not it's not hazardous enough to, to mitigate right
1: was it dean baudry it,
0: no no it was a uh, uh, bow. Bo...
1: dean dean baudry no baudry yeah it, dean it, baudry yeah, yeah that's right. yeah, risk, I I said baudry. risk management specialist is on the dean, website,
0: dean right? baudry that's right okay. so if it's something that's uh like let's take accidents in Canada. This is an example he used. There's about I think 15,000 accidents in Canada resulting in fatalities. Don't quote me on that; I might be wrong. Yeah. yeah. That brings it in on on this risk matrix. It puts it at about uh, it's like a, a medium risk, but mm-hmm. we accept it, right? We don't. What he what he said was we don't close down highways to mitigate this risk because that would be absolutely absurd. When he did the math and he outlined what the risk of COVID was to the general population of Canada, the risk was about the same as traffic accidents. And we closed down the entire economy, destroyed lives, destroyed businesses, destroyed families. Yeah. Uh, we imposed lasting relationship uh, hur- hurdles in 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 families and friends. And we, we heard from folks that lost their best friends over this. One of them, you know, there were nurses together and she, she said to her, you know, you're You're part of the, you're the problem here and blah, blah, blah. And you're basically, you're a piece of crap because you won't get vaccinated, wear a mask and how dare you, that kind of thing, right? Like the destruction that was caused for this low risk occurrence makes zero sense. And one of the things that it it, it was a kind of a dry presentation. It's a lot of numbers, a lot of statistics, lots of math, lots of managerial kind of safety type stuff. So it was hard to stay awake for... Except for when he said things like, it's hard to believe that the government could be this incompetent to put these mitigation measures Mm -hmm. for this type of risk and cause the collateral damage that they did. It's going to take us, uh, one of the numbers that really sticks in my mind was the amount of money that every Canadian citizen is on the hook for as a result of what the government had, has done over the last three years. You know what that number is, Carrie? It's $40,000. Yeah. Wow. So a family of five is on the hook for $200,000 to pay for what the government has done to us for something that was no more risk than traffic accidents.
1: And again, but- I, I, I beg to question how they even came up with that number because i mean well and, how many, and that's the thing look at how many billions they spent on vaccines that are now yeah. spoiling look at yeah. look at how many businesses have been closed and uh, and you know the people have uh, we we know people who have committed suicide over this whole scenario and and, yeah. and how do you even put a dollar value on that and with their families and you know this the more the more well, you talk about it, the more you get
0: upset the sad- the sad, cold reality is the government does have a dollar value on life. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're nothing more than dollar value. But i got to finish my thought about what, what he yeah, said. Please, please do. He said what the government did, it's, it's hard to believe that they could be that incompetent. Which leads him to wonder if it was done purposefully to purposely crash the economy. I mean, our government right now, Teresa Tam... And even the prime minister have hinted. uh, Theresa Tam came right out and said it. uh, The basically the only way to protect our health and save the planet is to dismantle capitalism and civil liberties, which was done effectively over the last, like over the restrictions. Yeah. So it's almost impossible to believe in a country like Canada with as many brilliant people as we have, and some of them are in government, bureaucracy, or whatever. Yeah. How can we believe? That they're that incompetent that they couldn't perform a simple risk assessment and base their actions on that it, it it's almost unbelievable like it's off the charts
1: yeah if this was treated like a business this probably wouldn't have happened no right? definitely if, not no business know, you know, let's let's just say suncor as, as whatever let's say they had twenty thousand employees or whatever in a building and blah 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 and a few people were sick you know what Isolate those people. Maybe isolate the people that were on the same uh, floor with them. Or and they did do that too, Kerry.
0: And they did kept they? working.
1: Oh wow! And then and then everything else is just free game. Everybody everybody's good. Everybody can go about and work their business. And really, that's the way it should have been done in Canada.
0: These are some of those facts. And these are facts, by the way, like the numbers that he used were right off the government website. Some of the stuff he screenshotted before they took it down, like remember we saw that in Alberta quite a bit. And when I mentioned that uh, the risk matrix, the risk assessment put the COVID pandemic in the same risk as traffic accidents, he didn't even challenge the numbers, like saying, okay, so all of these, like they they had an average of 2.6 comorbidities, so was it really a COVID death? Or was it you know, just attributed to COVID because they tested positive. He didn't even challenge that. He just used the numbers that the government put out. So, you know, this is all factual things. And this is a a concerned Canadian who believes in rights and freedoms and believes in doing things right and telling the truth, taking hundreds of hours of his own time to do these things and present it to Canadians and say, hey, wait a minute, look it. We shouldn't be letting the government just willy-nilly do these things we need to pay attention and stand up and speak out when something doesn't look right. And this doesn't look right. As a matter of fact, it stinks to high heaven. Yeah. So that's another good one to watch too. It's, it's a really long presentation. So long that my phone actually, I forgot to bring my battery pack in. Uh, my battery ran out before we finished, but, uh, the information that this, uh, that Dean put forth was amazing. And you, it what was, you put up there now. It was, What's up? was it a
1: lot of slide stuff? Oh, that wasn't me. Oh, that was that yeah, that was just uh this was Dean here and and who is who is speaking? Uh, oh was yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor Coach there today too. Or is he maybe he's there tomorrow? Uh that's tomorrow. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, there's there's uh, a few few names on there. Um Yeah, figure out where I was going with that. Anyways.
0: So that that was that was another interesting testimony Mm -hmm. uh two of the other ones were the lady from northwest territories who ran an isolated outfitting camp Mm -hmm. and uh you know couldn't fly to see parents that died yeah um then there was tracy walker the hairdresser from red deer who lost her house um her her husband and and her like damn near starved because they they couldn't get any help throughout this whole thing they had no incomes and you know they just got raked through the coals. Sheila Gunn Reid covered that, and uh, actually I think Rebel crowdfunded the, to help them out. Yeah. So these are stories from people who could be your neighbors, uh, who are no different than you. They might have a different political view, but they're really they're they're human beings and they want the same things. Yeah. That experienced the harshest parts of the 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 collateral damage due to a government. That didn't think things through, mm-hmm. so
1: and didn't look at the emergencies book, like what to do with. Yeah.
0: <sighs> no, and you know what? You know and what he was. You, was you know what uh, be- uh, David Redmond was told when he asked the government, "Why aren't you using the plan that was put in place?" Yeah, the little pipsqueaks who are running the show, you know, the, these young folks, uh, told this seasoned uh, uh, colonel with tons of experience oh you know the process has evolved since you since you wrote this so basically yeah you're a dinosaur and we got it don't worry buds
1: yeah they did so well doing it yeah wow yeah anyways the the question i was going to ask is uh whether or not there was lots of uh lots of graphs and uh powerpoint yeah. presentation that sort of thing so that would be great to watch on the nci website for sure yeah and, yeah, uh, sure. and, and take a look at that so
0: Definitely, and our friend Leighton Gray was there. He was uh, uh, asking questions of, of Dean, and uh, there was another one. The one that I missed was a I don't know who it was. A lady was testifying about some military stuff okay. and how well, that was.
1: That was the first girl. Um, yeah. yeah, her name's not on here. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Someone But a- you know who was absent? Who's that?
0: MLAs, politicians.
1: Like watching like and, CVC, and likewise speaking. Oh, yeah. CVC, all absent. You, you would think that an MLA or an MP would have heard thousands and thousands of stories or at least read emails on, on stories. And you're right. Like not one.
0: You know why they're not there, Kerry?
1: Well, I know why.
0: Because you it's politically can't. inconvenient to stir the pot yeah. right before an election be
1: damaging to their political careers absolutely
0: yeah that meanwhile meanwhile how many people are still suffering and potentially dying because of what was done over the last three years and i'm not talking from long covet either
1: yeah <sighs> and we it's, will never we will never go back to the way it was before and and uh, going full circle talking about uh, me going down to Vegas Vegas feels like it's it's back open again like it's like nobody's nobody's no issues uh, businesses are still running but what I did find is that there's so many businesses that have either been closed or they're like in the malls and stuff there's like half the stores are gone um and, and there's a lot of people still walking around in masks outside uh what i find is there's there's packs there's packs of families that are all, wild
0: dogs we'll they uh, are all
1: wearing their masks when they're walking outside and again i i blame it not necessarily on them i blame it on the media and uh the fear that has gone into these uh these these poor individuals and they all have reasons i mean maybe maybe they've got a grandparent that's that's ill and they just don't want to catch something but yet i'll go to vegas I'll you know um, germ capital of the world and, um, and go there and the, the, it, it it's, it's just kind of boggles my mind that they're, they're even in that sort of uh, thought process because I mean from what we've heard and I've said this initially too was how long does it actually take for the world to kind of uh, dismiss something right so um, the government tells you to do this and then when they tell you no you don't have to do it you're still going to do it because oh, i don't trust government even though the reason that you did the first thing was yeah. because you trusted the government right and and that's the thing that i certainly notice in uh, about people wearing masks and and again everyone's got their own reasons yada yada but for me if you're still wearing a mask and you're outside specifically uh you're either virtuous signaling or you're basically saying Um, I've got someone that might be sick in my family and this is the only reason I do it because... And then at that point, I would walk up to you and actually have a conversation. I'm sorry you have a sick uh, older parent. uh, And they'll say, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, I'm not sure why you're wearing a mask otherwise. Right? Those are the types of... The the, the conversations that people don't like having anymore. And yet they had no problem asking me for uh, a QR code at at one point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was... (laughs) how people even thought that was okay.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. I me. I, you know, looking back on that now, um, that might've been the nail in the coffin for my business yeah. was that QR code. Because I said right from the beginning, I will not ask people for that. I'm, I'm not going to discriminate against them. Yeah. It's bullshit. I won't participate.
1: Yeah.
0: And at that time I couldn't protest because I had agreed to bail conditions to follow the rules. Yeah. And, uh, that might've just done me in, but Uh, there's something else I wanted to talk about and Mm. it was the accountability and the not accountability. That's not the right word. Mm. The consequences. Okay. So here's the problem we're facing. One of them. I mean, there's a bunch of them and, but thank, thank goodness there's solutions too. one of the problems we're facing throughout this whole thing. And we've identified is that the consequence model for failure is very skewed. Now I'll explain for the government, the government has laws, and this is not a slide that Dean put up, um, and I, I captured that, so try and find it if you can and just read the whole thing. The government has indemnified them from any consequences to their shitty handling of what, what happened. Yeah, They've actually passed laws that say um, they can't be sued or they can't be jailed for doing their duty as your MLA or your MP. It's absolute horseshit. Then they also pass laws that say that people like me and Kerry, you know, we can go to jail or we can have our business chain shut if we don't comply to tyrann- tyrannical rules. Yeah. You know, if, if we protest, if we stand up for our civil liberties, we can go to jail. Uh, if we don't comply and don't get a shot that may in fact harm us or kill us, we can't go to a hockey game. We can't yeah. go to a restaurant. Yeah. There's all of these consequences put on everyday people if they, if they fail to comply with what the government says to do, but when the government fails to do their duty for the people, there is zero consequence, and it should be absolutely the other way around. I, I agree. Totally agree. The whole system is skewed. And then right back to what I mentioned in the beginning, we have no mechanism to fight that. We don't have a well-armed militia to prevent tyrannical rule. We don't have a police force that swears an oath to the people to protect and uphold their charter rights or their constitutional rights. Yeah. We have nothing but our voices and our right to protest, which we don't actually have because I was jailed for protesting, and our voices are silenced because six months or a year ago, that number of people watching on here would be two thousand
1: three hundred and thirty-three. Yeah,
0: that's right. If if uh, I try and even put anything on YouTube, it's immediately taken down, and they say yeah. you're a bad guy. Yeah. You can't use our platform.
1: Yeah, you know, and if, we want to put
0: a radio ad, Carrie. In yep. red deer saying Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, something.
0: we can't do it because it doesn't toe the line, but the NDP who back the unions yeah. can do it and lie every day about the current government. Yeah. It's completely ass backwards. All the power is to the government. There is no power to the people. And this whole idea that we have power because the courts are there to act as a interpreter and mediator between the government and people, that's a load of horse shit. Yeah. We can't afford it. Nobody can afford to spend a quarter of a million dollars to go and fight a frigging COVID ticket. Like I'm doing, I can't afford it. You folks out there, you're paying for it through fight the fines and save the yeah. So we have nothing except for each other, but thank God we have each other and people are standing up for each other right now. I mean, thousands of people from all over the world got me past the hurdle with my landlord and helped me buy the cafe yeah. Thousands of people from all over the world stood behind me and propped me up and and covered my legal fines through fightthefines.com and savethecafe.com. Yeah, Because no one person, no one middle class or poor person could do this on their own because they're broke. They can't afford it. No rich person will do it because they're not going to risk their riches. No. Yeah. So that, that's another thing about this NCI is... It's, it's, it's about people actually sticking together and supporting people and sharing their stories yeah. so that we can get through this together because none of us can do it alone.
1: And that's a great observation just to show how skewed the system is, and even in terms of money. Like the government can just print more and print more and pay their lawyers and do yeah. blah, 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 you know, send five lawyers out to a, 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 a one hour meeting or a one hour court date for Chris and Red Deer. Yeah, and uh, and then wherever they go, back to Ottawa or Toronto, I'm sure. Like, there's no way that that would normally happen in a normal court case. There's just no way. But here they say, well, no, they're going to pull out all the stops. Because if Chris wins, just imagine what the repercussions of that could be.
0: I'm going to say when. 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 When I win. win. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to win. And that's not to say that I'm going to be safe in the process. I mean, this is going to be a very long time. And and the reality is, Carrie, you know this as well as I do, that I'm, I'm probably not going to escape this with my business or my house or anything like that. I'm, I'm not going to get out of this financially alive. It's just yeah. not in the cards for me. Yeah. But someday I will win this. And, you know, for, for those uh, AHS lawyers or maybe CP lawyers that are a uh, crown prosecutor that are watching right now just to catch me saying things like i want to do i gotta ask you something at one point just doing your job doesn't cut it anymore even the best lawyers one of which i know and i've had this conversation with them at some point there's a line in the sand when when the government is asking you to do your best to crush the little guy and just stomp all over rights and freedoms you have to ask yourself if it's worth it Mm -hmm. you know is it actually Mm -hmm. worth it yeah. yeah, sure. You're just doing your job, and it's important that both sides are represented. But at some point, a lawyer will look at his client sitting across the table, and they'll know that that client has done something like something horrible, like yeah. you know, harmed children or 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 murdered women or whatever. Yeah. And you know that they're guilty of doing those things, and the harm they've caused is beyond reproach. And you gotta ask yourself if that's the kind of thing you can advocate for. Yeah. And in this case, advocating for a government that's trying to destroy the rights and freedoms of its of, of the citizens. Yeah. I can't think of anything you could possibly do as a lawyer that's worse.
1: Well, here's here's my my take on that, because I was married to a lawyer and um, When when they're going through law school, they're indoctrinated in the belief that the whole law system works. And the only way it works is if you have a good prosecutor and a good defense lawyer and you have to argue back and forth, because if if it didn't work and all it was was just, you know, there's there's someone that you think is guilty or possibly guilty well they're going to go to jail. I I don't I'm not going to do anything about it. Then the system falls apart so they're indoctrinated right from the get go that this is the only way the system will work so i you know it's it's easy for us laymen and women that don't understand the system and and just think well if i'm sitting across from a known killer and uh, and i'm sure that they did it that's just the way it is no you still have to go through that whole that whole process ah,
0: yes Carrie, but there's yeah. a difference between uh, like criminal defense lawyer or, or uh, uh, that type of thing yeah. and a crown prosecutor.
1: Yeah. A crown
0: prosecutor, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose. They just represent the facts and that's it. Yeah. And the crown prosecutor in my, my matter may very well know that what the government's doing to me is completely wrong. Like they're able to make that distinction and they get to choose which, yeah. uh, which um, what do you call it? Which which, which things they t- they take on.
1: Which I isn't isn't that the second crown prosecutor or was the first one because I saw both of them at the courthouse when we were there. No, remember? so
0: there, there there's one the one crown prosecutor. Okay, um, very good lawyer. Yeah, and the other one you saw that was one of the original AHS lawyers.
1: Oh, okay. Not okay. the original
0: one because the original original one she quit. Okay, I don't know why. I mean, Stress? maybe she didn't want to yeah. be doing yeah. that crap. Yeah, uh, and there's been a couple. But now uh, that that one's been, he's been there for a while.
1: Yeah, okay. But these Uh, Crown
0: prosecutors, they they represent the Crown, but the Crown is supposed to uphold the Constitution as well. They've agreed to do that. And if the Crown prosecutors can't look at these matters and say, hey, you know, this guy's rights were actually severely infringed on, and there really is no evidence as to why, the government couldn't justify it, they can't justify it, should we be prosecuting these things? that That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's not a, this isn't a, oh, the government needs fair representation. It, no, it's a matter of the Crown prosecutors asking themselves, is this in the public's best interest? Is it in the public's best interest to prosecute those who are standing up for their own rights? Justifiably so.
1: Well... There's, there's a lot of cases that they're going to be looking at in the in the future.
0: Yeah, and I've talked to Crown prosecutors, uh, you know, just kind of man-to-man, uh, well, and man-to-woman in one case, and they've said, like, it's ridiculous. They're not going to prosecute this crap because they know it's wrong. They've come right out and said to me, hey, man, thanks for standing up for our rights and freedoms. I'm a Crown prosecutor. And I'm not going to prosecute any of these bullshit tickets because the government never should have done this. Yeah, yeah. So there are some out there who who are of that opinion.
1: Um, yeah. Well, that's good. And I, one of the things I was going to mention, and will obviously now, is um, if people don't realize that there is, I'm going to call a statute of limitations or a, or a statute of time. I forget the, the legal term. But basically, you only have two years in order to... Uh, to put these cases into court. In other words, let's say, and I'm just throwing this out because who knows if it would happen. Chris ends up winning his case, but he doesn't win Woo-hoo. for five more years. He's homeless and all that, but he's still got his beer. And then that whole, beard, yeah, probably both. That whole justification of he won could reflect all upon any other restaurant owner, any other bowling alley owner, and you know that sort of thing. But because the time has has gone too far, we can't go back and actually sue the government.
0: And that's the situation that you're in. Yeah. And one of the other viewers, uh, Deb, is in. Yeah. You know, there will be no remedy for most of the people because the courts take so long. It's been two years. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal.
1: Yeah. Uh, There was another question about... uh, so what is this inquiry going to prove other than oh we listen to their stories, and that was a conversation you and you and I talked about that today. So in the end, is is it basically so that we all have a feel good feeling about okay, well, this no, is what happened and people are affected. It's right
0: on the main the main banner, like the main page. I think it says something like to listen, to learn, and to uh, make recommendations. Yeah, that's it.
1: But. No one's actually going to go to jail over this. No, No this isn't isn't
0: anything like that. Slap. But what something like this can do is influence people to become politically motivated. Because one thing that was mentioned today was that these things won't change. There will be no accountability for them until there is the political will to do so. Which means we have to elect people that are willing to pass legislation that remedies these things we have to be uh do the work to change the political landscape to be pro freedom Mm -hmm. once we do that and we can do that because this is remarkably still still a democracy only then will things like this bear fruit because it's always going to be a political solution especially in canada Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the British are coming and they're going to save everything. Well, I mean, I think it was the other way around. That yeah, way, it was the other way. <laughs> it's it's not going to be someone riding in to save us. It's yeah. going to be us doing the work to change political, political landscape and then change things that way. Yeah. And something like this could motivate people to do that. So that's where this comes in, and it's it's like we mentioned before. Remember, we were talking about the parallel systems, the parallel to education and the healthcare and those types of things. Yeah. Oh, I ran into Lana Nicole today. And that was awesome. She's actually oh, yeah, yeah. a pretty cool live blood analysis business going. So I'm going to get my blood uh, microscope and see what kind of animals are living in there. Nice. Um, the parallel systems, that stuff is great. People standing up and doing their own thing without the government, as we should. Yeah. That's good. But at the same time, there has to be a political avenue that's working alongside. Because if politics is moving towards tyranny and control, eventually... It will. The fork in the road will go so far away from the, the parallel systems that the government decides those parallel systems need to be squashed, yeah. and they will legislate them and into oblivion. That is definitely a fear
1: and a and yeah, a conversation that we've had with with many people who are starting up their own. I dare to even say, you know, like let's say a chicken la, business. La,
0: la, la, la. <laughs>
1: But yeah, like there, there's there's so many things out there that are overregulated. I've said that many many times, you know, like you have to go in and do their driver's license every single year and and uh, register your car every single year. Those things can easily be changed. Uh, but yet they're not. And it's because we don't there's none of people voicing it. We're just going, "Okay, why though? $88 a year or whatever yeah. it looks like be.
0: Because that doesn't affect people enough that it'll get them off the couch.
1: Well, it and maybe it, enough. Well, maybe it will if it ends up changing to property rights and they go, "Oh, what kind of car do you are you registering this year?" Yeah. "I'm registering a 5 liter." "Oh, that's way too big. You don't need that."
0: Well, guess what they do in Europe? Yeah. They actually pay their registration
1: uh yeah.
0: is based on the type of car they drive, which is why nobody drives trucks and they all drive these right. little ridiculous cars. Um, Jasper was telling me that even for his van with business registration, it still costs like 400 euros every three months or something. I can't remember exactly what the number was, but it's ridiculous. It's insanity. And they justify it as saying, oh, it's for your own good because the bigger a car you drive, uh, the more pollution you make and the worse you're damaging the environment and you're ruining all the roads and killing everybody. So you have to pay the government so we can have higher wages and then we can build a mall that we subsidize with your tax dollars. And only the politicians can shop there. Thank you for saving the environment. Yeah. See how it works.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, we know so the political.
0: Works. The political solution will come when things like this national citizens inquiry reach enough people with enough truth that they yeah. all of the sudden have the appetite to change something where they didn't feel the need to change it before.
1: Yeah. I still also, think they, I learned I still, something today. Okay, go ahead.
0: Do you know what snow mold is?
1: Snow mold?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah I didn't know what snow mold was until yeah. I think I realized that I am allergic to snow mold.
1: Oh yeah, probably.
0: Oh yeah. my goodness! I've been like a friggin' stuffed-up yeah. person.
1: Yeah. For people that don't know, it's basically like when uh, the snow packs on grass and it ends up forming this mold. Um, and I think uh, is it bulls that eat it as well. There's there's little rodents that uh, climb underneath the uh, uh, the snow and and eat this stuff. And then of course when the snow melts, you end up getting this mold, kind of like pollen. Think of it that way. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a thing. People. I thought uh, I had a
0: cold, but I don't have really anything except for I'm stuffed up and I had itchy eyes. I'm thinking this is weird. Why would there be any pollen? It's Yeah. A friggin
1: yeah, there's no trees no tree, trees, growing at all.
0: Yeah, and then I ran into a customer that was allergic to snow mold, and I was like, aha, I think I might be. Anyway, that's why I sound stuffed up. Yeah. No, it's not because I have COVID, and even if I did, I'd never know because I will not test.
1: I, I think you're I think you're allergic to barley.
0: Well, you know what? I do get more plugged up when I drink beer, so maybe if I drink more beer, it'll help.
1: As long as you don't get gout, you're good.
0: Well, that's another thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know why I brought up allergies besides... I am, I think I'm also allergic to government bullshit.
1: Ah, I cannot stand the smell of that bullshit.
0: Hey, Ken, nice to see you, buddy. I hope you're doing good out in Ontario. We miss you.
1: Awesome. Shedding, possibly? I like, I like. I thought it said shitting. (laughs) Government shitting, possibly? No.
0: Yeah, they do shit from their mouth all the time. I
1: cannot believe our prime minister. Oh, that's that's why I was doing the back swimming, back pedaling, kind of bullshit.
0: He is using up whatever nine political lives he had, and he's doing it fast, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, At this point, anybody that still supports that dude,
1: oh, and there there are, and they they all live in Toronto and Ontario. Okay, I'm not. I'm just. That's the majority of the supporters for sure.
0: But even there, like, there comes a point when people gotta wake up and smell the tyranny.
1: Yeah. We're, we're If people don't know what we're talking about, I find that hard to believe. Uh, it has to do with uh, Justin's comment on, well, you know, we never told you to go and get uh, vaccinated. We just, you know, kind of said that uh, it would be recommended or whatever. And it's like, what? Yeah, no, you, people, totally. They used emotional, blackmail. Yeah, that was mentioned today. emotional
0: blackmail. Yeah. Oh, emotional blackmail is extremely effective. At getting things done, and wow. that's what was done to
1: people. Hashtag emotional blackmail.
0: You I small like fringe minority. I like it. No, yeah.
1: we yeah. should be a large fringe minority. So. <sighs> anyways,
0: I gotta get to bed. Yes, I you gotta do. get up early because I'm going to be in Bendear that- at uh, 9 a.m. at the Thanks. Baymont Inn for the National Citizens Inquiry Day Two.
1: Thanks. I said it's one thirty, but I was looking at the clock here. We've been on for an hour and a half, so that's where at one thirty. So in case anybody goes, oh, it's not one thirty. No, it's only it's only eleven o'clock. I'm up for another two or three hours. Well, there you go. Okay, thanks
0: for uh, taking some time to have a chat with me about this stuff, Kerry. I appreciate
1: Excellent. it. Yeah, no, appreciate uh, the fact that you were able to to go and and do that. And I think it's important that uh, if somebody. If if anybody can go or at least look online, and like I said, just play it in the background, and you know, well, you're you're instead of listening to uh, a really bad radio station that's just listening to the same pop music over and over, listen to the uh, the NCI. Um, and why not? Uh, I'm going to do my best
0: to live stream the whole thing. I'll bring my battery pack. I will
1: uh, plug do in the
0: best I can. I'll try and find it. I don't. I'm not going to find a microphone now, but no. Uh, please share the lady's name who does the blood testing. Her name is Dr. Lana Nicole. Yeah. And I think, I, I actually asked her, Carrie, if she would do a show with us. In no, the you know what? That would be great. Yeah.
1: I saw her uh, she, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, She's
0: actually a member of the wellness company now with Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Uh, William Mackis, Good. and others. And they are focusing on health and wellness, yeah. not pharmaceuticals and bureaucracy, they're focused on health and wellness. So Lana Nickel is uh, doing live blood analysis, where she's actually looking at your blood, and they're giving recommendations on what you can do to change different things. And it's not some, this isn't some uh, witchcraft, wacko, whatever. This this is legit, scientifical, yep. sci- scientifical, sci- legit <laughs> scientific uh, analysis of your blood, and uh, to identify. What you might be missing, or what you might need, or what you might have too much of. Yeah. So check it out; it's pretty interesting. And I'm pretty, I'm sure,
1: I'm, to... I'm pretty sure my blood is always at .08. Yeah,
0: might too. I'm gonna to have my blood live analyzed. <laughs> Should I do it live on the show? Would that be cool?
1: Would would not recommend. Aliens? I don't even know if they would. Would they? No, they they probably tell you you can't be drinking or. Would
0: know. anybody? Does anybody even want to see my blood? Oh, actually, there's a lot of people <laughs> that want to see my blood. One of them was there today. He said he wanted to get in the boxing
1: ring with me. <laughs> that's right. He did say that. Yeah. Well, oh strange. man. Yeah, that's a different story altogether. Okay. Yeah. Where is she out of, Chris? I think she's actually in Calgary.
0: Is it Calgary, or Edmonton?
1: Well, it's one of the two cities, anyways. Yeah. They're
0: doing a traveling blood analysis tour, so I think she's all. Well, uh,
1: well you know what? When we find that out, we'll we'll make a post. Yeah. Okay. And again, so we're not just on Facebook anymore right? So we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Um, you can either look it up under the Whistle Stop Cafe. I forget what the Twitter handle is. Or just go to the Chris and Kerry And uh, again, we'll post all these videos. And uh, if there's any news, I do want to go in and actually create like a news section because it's not worth of a video. But some of these little tidbits might be a, a good thing to post. I just need more time. And I got to work on that cloning machine. So if anybody has contact with like, uh, you know, any uh, any celebrities in uh, in Hollywood, they probably know where to get a cloning machine anyway. So just point them to a Cloning
0: me. machine. That's what we need.
1: I know. That's what I said. I, this is what I've been saying.
0: I don't know if I yes. could deal with myself though.
1: <laughs> I know. I would find myself annoying too. <laughs>
0: oh, on that note
1: there you go okay 11
0: o'clock it is thank you very much folks we appreciate you watching and taking the time please take a moment to share this on your page with your groups whatever um remember tomorrow morning i will be live streaming i'll try not to be late i believe we'll be starting nine. about nine fifteen, so you probably won't get a notification because that's just not how it works anymore but if you go to the Worcester Facebook page and you actively look for it, you should be able to find it.
1: Do you have a tripod? Oh, pardon? Do you have a tripod? A chocolate? A tripod.
0: No, I've I've no. I don't got holding no not, and a not, not, not a tripod. Okay. All right. Okay. All
1: right. <laughs> oh, for the phone. Yeah. For the phone.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have a tripod.
1: Yeah. Okay. Very good. You should use that. Otherwise, like this for what? How many hours?
0: I couldn't do it. No. I did it in Ottawa, how many times? And that's not, oh, yes. I remember know. we were handing off the phone because our arms are falling off. Yeah. And
1: likewise, it was minus 30 when we were doing it as well. So that's, uh, that's a completely different thing. And, it, and you know, you said about the, the battery dying and it's like, wow, can you imagine you would have got five minutes out in Ottawa?
0: Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. But awesome. And I would do it again do in it. a heartbeat. Don't regret do it again.
1: any yeah. of it. Yeah. Do it again in a heartbeat, oh. but hopefully in July.
0: Speaking of which, talk to uh, our friend Sheila. Yes, and it sounds like the Whistlestop Cafe in Mirr Alberta will be hosting drive-in movies. Yes, with Rebel News with
1: Rebel News, like yes. UnGovernable so, and all that.
0: Well, yeah, I can I don't know if I'm allowed to say or if I should have said anything at all. But uh, mm. that was a conversation I had today. I said, "Hey, you know, I'd you know love to probably? show some of your guys' stuff on a drive-in movie screen." I love that. Um, you just set it up and tell me what to do and make me do it because that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. And I think it's going to happen.
1: I think it's a great idea. I'm surprised that we hadn't thought of it before, but
0: well, I've been thinking about it for months, but we just haven't done it. Speaking of which we got some dates to send in. If you got a minute tomorrow.
1: Yes. Yep. Some dates to the County and make sure that we've got uh, permits and all that because that's what happens now. Yeah. Government.
0: You know, as much as I don't like rules, um, I'm not against following rules that are simply inconvenient. Yeah. But when the rules tell me to discriminate against people
1: yeah. or
0: to uh, not earn a, a honest living, I will break those rules. Yeah. Sorry, not yeah. sorry.
1: And you know, in the in the case of a permit, that makes sense because let's just say we were doing an event and we knew there was going to be a thousand people there. There was going to be maybe four hundred cars or whatever. Requires some planning. It requires planning, and maybe maybe you need uh, uh, an RCMP officer out there directing traffic or like I don't know. I don't know what they would do, but I mean, there obviously are reasons why they do these things. So.
0: I gotta say though, and here's a big thank you to the what what I guess what do we call it the Freedom family, the Freedom group. Yeah, every event that we've done, that's been like a protesting government policy or getting people together, we haven't needed to do those planning because that kind of planning because people show up. That's they true. Show up and they help and they get it done, yeah. and it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Because how how many times in your life have you got twenty five hundred or three thousand people together to do something, and been able to put it together in two or three days? It doesn't happen, Zero. but Zero. it happens now. Yeah. because we're uh, standing up with each other You're for right. a good cause. You're right. So thank you. Awesome.
1: Thank you, everybody. All right.
0: And thanks again, Kerry. Good night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow at the uh, Red Deer Baymont Inn. Uh, be there or be not there, as they say.
1: Yeah. Or be be there watching live. That's probably the way I'll be, and then I'll be there on uh, Friday. Friday morning. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Good night, all. Okay. Are you doing the outro? Do the outro. Which button do I I press press again? I have no idea. This one? This one? There you go. Uh,
0: This one. Here we go.